Shalom, and welcome to A Voice Calling in the Wilderness, a trumpet call, a voice crying out loud to, for God to those that would hear, so that they would run to him, that they might be warned. We are here sounding the alarm that our time on earth is short, and we have no time to waste. Here we will expose the truth, teach the word, discuss the dangers, lies, and enemies that we are surrounded by, and how to engage in the war that we are standing in the middle of. Today, we're going to talk to you about current events, and with me today is Brian, our friend, and Grant. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Wow. All right. I guess it's a player's choice what we want to talk about first, because there's so much going on in this world. Uh, It's amazing to watch the book of Revelation unfold in front of us, I think. Uh, The end times is said to be full of chaos, and just an uh, amazing array of things happening all at once, and I don't know. There's more out there to talk about than we probably have time in 100 episodes right now. But no doubt. I, let's talk about something I know that is important to all of our hearts and to all our listeners as well. This thing that just happened in California, I tell you what, after after we had the victory with the Supreme Court and overturning Roe versus Wade, you knew that there were going to be some fallout in some places but quite frankly, it is very difficult to accept that a state would include infanticide as a abortion issue. Well, mm-hmm. New York City did it before Roe v. Wade even uh, was overturned. And that one got hung up in court, so I had a little hope that it wasn't going mm-hmm. to be real. But California just enacted, what was it, 13? 13. 13, yep. 13 abortion... Protection and reproductive health bill. Yep. And I guess my question for people is, how can you not see that this is a war on babies? Dude. I mean, come on. I mean, this is an outright murderous act. Well, they're trying to protect their, um, their quote-unquote, freedom to worship the god Moloch and sacrifice our children. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to imagine what we call those uh, people fellow countrymen, and, and, it, and it's mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking to think that any part of our country would be so bloodthirsty that they would demand the ability to kill children uh, up to and even after birth now. Yeah, after birth. Oh. In yeah. the I world. Somebody's got to explain to me how that's not murder. I, I need to understand, if you are out of the womb, yeah. how does that not be? That's just murder. Mm-hmm. I mean, flat out. I, don't get me wrong, I believe abortion is murder, but never in the history of our nation has it been a question that if you are a live human being outside the womb and somebody kills you, that's murder. I know. Yeah, isn't there isn't their whole premise based on uh, mental health and it's uh, it's risking the mental health of the mother as okay. what I've what I've heard the argument to be. Mental health. So how long after the baby's born can you kill it? What, do they have a timeline on that? Like six months? I don't remember what... Well, that's just it. Like, it's an open-ended thing. Like, oh. they, they <laughs> you know, they, they say now reasonably, like, you know, um, within a very, very short window. But that someone could take that to a, to the California Supreme Court or something like that, get a really, you know, liberal judge and say, you know, two years afterwards, they've cost me so much heartache and, and yeah. craze, you know, that I'm insane... You know what I mean? Like, some somehow, like, somebody could be insane enough to actually side with that argument. Oh, I know. 
So the thing that I don't understand is if if there's a mental health issue with letting a child live that has been born for the mother, then why is the solution not just to take the child away? Right? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, like, does the... murdering your child repair your mental health in some way? Well, one of, one of the things that exactly. we've been arguing <laughs> since the inception of abortion was adoption. And yeah. their argument is always like, well, that's that's uh, an inconvenience to the mother. You know, How is that it's an just like it just doesn't make but sense. But it's life. Yeah. You know? Right. And and I, I just I think this is this is I wouldn't call I, I don't I don't want to call it a party, but for lack of <laughs> better word, this is a party of life, uh, you know, versus a party of death. It is. Yeah, and uh, <sighs> I, I got to be honest with you, it's, it's so hard to wrap my mind around. You know, I'm if you look on any social media site right now and in the news media, mm -hmm. you hear all these people t today mm -hmm. that are well-wishing, sending out prayers for, and thinking about all the people that were just impacted by the hurricane. Mm -hmm. And the people that they now, you know, they're finding people that have passed, you know, were killed by the hurricane. Mm -hmm. And we have compassion on that. But we don't have that same thought process of people or, or a, that same heart for these children. Right. I can't understand this, these same people that would, you know, worry about somebody who just was, like, hit by a hurricane in, in, in Florida at the same time think that it's okay to kill a baby that was just born. Mm -hmm. how, how in the world could you say those two things? Yeah. There, it it doesn't make sense. I don't understand the mental separation. Yeah, there's, there's a no. mental issues well, there. <laughs> well, the, the mental separation is it, it becomes political because when, you, oh. when you, something so catastrophic happens and the whole spirit behind it is devastation and awe at devastation and people feel terrible that this mm -hmm. has happened, um, then you either side with the people or you get exposed for who you really are. So, so that would be the same argument that we would make for all the people that were standing with Ukraine. You could, yeah. Because then it's not political anymore. It's a false benevolence. It is. I think so, because I think most people that, like, you know, hoisted up the Ukrainian flag and say, you know, in solidarity, had no clue where Ukraine even was on a map. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think they know anything about their politics. Right. No. You know, and and so like if you if you know people who are from Ukraine and you have like like an like an invested interest or something mm -hmm. like that, or you have dealings with Ukraine or or you are aware of of you know geopolitical matters and stuff like that, okay, then you can make an informed decision on what you're going to do. But you have this mass um, psychosis where people just buy into herd mentality. Mm -hmm. I think some of it has to do with the. Uh geography sometimes as well. I mean, we had a similar thing happen a few years ago with, with uh, Hurricane Sandy. Mm -hmm. Hit New Orleans and, and did devastation. And I remember most of the nation was very concerned for those people. And there was a bit poor, large outcry for how people were being treated and there were, how FEMA wasn't reacting the way Is they should. Sandy I remember or that? Katrina? Sorry, Katrina. Yeah, I'm Katrina. Sorry, Katrina. Well, um, I have a theory about this, though. But well, let me, uh, one more second, then you can come back. But then again, when we had the the that horrible devastation of the tornadoes that went through Kentucky, mm -hmm. I didn't hear that. 
No. I heard churches doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. I heard believers, you know, going up there in mass and taking food and blankets and water and whatnot. But I didn't hear a national outcry for the devastation. But there's a big demographic difference between the two, right? Right. Well, New Orleans has been a hub for some of the most sinful and debaucherous lifestyle activities. Yep. Um, that is, you know, it may not be that for normal everyday people who actually live there, but it is a is a it's a place. It's a mecca for people to go to mm-hmm. with Mardi Gras and stuff like that oh, to yeah. go and just be the worst of that they can be, mm-hmm. and and within. Within the Definitely spirit of sexual sin, it is right? in a big, big right, time. Exactly, yep. and so you have this. You have people who, you know, most it, most of the outcry was from like celebrities and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And coming out of Babylon, I mean, they're trying to they're trying to restore and and bring attention to the things that they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And you know, you get into the Bible Belt where Kentucky's at, and and. I don't really care about those people because mm-hmm. they're not part of our debauchery crowd. Right, right. Again, you look at, at, at South Florida, there, there's a, a large number of liberals here now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a party atmosphere in some of these beach towns and stuff. Oh, yeah. And there's a different uh, a different lifestyle that it people is. live. And, and it draws in some of the stuff you're just talking about. So, again, we get this national outcry. Well... The, the national outcry started before it even hit be, with the left saying that, like, basically raising their arms in victory, like, yes, Florida is this bastion for well, conservative yeah, uh, they, they values they and morals. They hate the government. You know, and, so, and so they were crying out, like, yes, you deserve this. But when something happens to them, oh, it's the it's the end of the world. world. You know? Well, and the crazy <laughs> thing was is they were actually kind of, if they were voting, they were rooting for DeSantis to lose here. Oh, yeah. No, right from the beginning. And, yeah. fail, and they were actually trying to call out failure for him before it happened. Yep. It's funny. Yeah. I, I just laughed at it because I was like, look at how he handled COVID in the state of Florida. I was like, there's no way like he's screwing this up. And no. he's done yeah. nothing in this in this chance or in this instance so far, but uh, do the right thing, it seems. Mm-hmm. He was that's probably what, the most prepared if Florida's ever been. That's what he does yeah. in his everyday walk at, like in life. Like mm-hmm. as as a believer in Christ, like you know, he he stands in integrity, and I think God honors his integrity and his due diligence and his. And I, I actually, I got a sense uh, with this hurricane, I, uh, with with his actions before this hurricane, I got a little sense. I don't know if it, if it was f- um, full discernment or just like uh, you know maybe wishful wishful thinking, um, but I got a sense that I think Desantis might actually be see- daily seeking God on what to do. Because he declared a state of emergency for the entire state of Florida before it was even a hurricane, yeah. and he said that mm-hmm. from the from his his podium yeah, several they're times. Trying to, yeah, they're trying you know, to. You know, but and he oh, said you were he's, slow to react. Yeah, I mean, he's slow to react. He, no, I call so an emergency. A but, but, yeah. but here's the thing: like no other governor <laughs> called for a state of emergency. No. And like mm-hmm. he did it before it was a hurricane, mm-hmm. and, and, and so by that, and at that time it was supposed to go to Louisiana, right? Yeah. So maybe he was saying, "Hey, God, what do you want me to do today?" Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what you want. So, the, and the, some of the amazing things to see that happened before it hit too, though, and that I think are related to his ability to plan this and and be prepared was there literally were thousands of linemen and electrical mm-hmm. co- uh, company vehicles lined up outside the state waiting to come in. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've got family back in the Midwest and stuff, and family in Texas, so we're, you know, they were telling me, yeah, we're sending 300 trucks, like, right now. And that was Tuesday before. Yeah, it hadn't even formed into a hurricane until what? Uh, what was it, Friday or Saturday of, of that, the end of that week? But, yeah. You know, we know that South Florida for sure, <laughs> in this time of year, you don't have a, a electricity. Yeah. It's a miserable life. It oh, is. Regardless yeah. if your house is flooded or they not. Did, they, ha- they did do the same thing back in 2017 with Hurricane, uh, uh, what was it, Irma? Uh-huh. So I saw the same same type of photos. You know, we were part of setting up the base camps yep. for FPNL. And we did, I mean, they had thousands of trucks lined up ready to go to head down there to Key West and, uh, you know, uh, you know Air Marathon Island. A good so, planner will do that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, Very good planning. You know, you got to prepare for these things, whether mm-hmm. it's going to hit you or not. You got to have every, you know, and. Can't wait you can't stop it. You can't prevent it, but you can prepare mm-hmm. so that when it does come, it's less time and less costly to clean up and fix. Yeah, right. exactly. Yep. And that and that's that's sort of one of the things that we need to talk about today is is being prepared. Um, I think our governor did a good job of being prepared ahead of this storm and reacting to it after it hit. And mm-hmm. if you don't prepare ahead of a storm hitting you, you can't react in a way that's going to be successful. Yeah. And as, as tragic, tragic as this was and as many people that have impacted, mm-hmm. it would be much worse if they didn't prepare as a state beforehand. Yeah. Um, and look at the things that happen in, in the, a state that does prepare, like ours, mm-hmm. and compare that to when we have storms or earthquakes or blizzards or forest fires or whatever you want to have in a state like California that does no preparation. Yeah. I mean, people's lives are devastated. There's, there's no way for them to control the situation or, or limit the, the the damage to people because they do not prepare. Yeah, they don't. So you can see the difference. You can compare the difference between preparing and not preparing mm-hmm. and what the outcomes are for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And it's the same if you go back to our own personal lives, right? If, we, right. We, if you're not prepared, if you just live life day to day and you have no vision for the future and you're not prepared for anything, then mm-hmm. when something comes along that's outside of the plan or the norm of what you have laid out or what you think the future looks like, then you're not going to be able to react to it in a way that's going to be good for you or your family. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I would say that there's there's probably one caveat to that, Mm -hmm. and that's like if you're walking in direct daily obedience to God's will and he didn't call you to prepare because he's got you doing other things— then he'll take care of you. And, and being or, obedient is a form of uh, or, preparing. Well, I, in my mind, right. I agree but with you, but if God is directly saying, go do this, and he's, and he's telling you, spend your resources over here, sure. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or when something does happen, if you turn to God and then follow his, his will, he will take care of you. You may not have as pleasant of a time or as easy of a time as sure. someone who did prepare. Yep. But God's not going to abandon you if you're actively seeking Him. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. God calls you in different different directions or different ways. You right. know, like maybe He isn't calling me exactly like He's calling you sure to do thing. something or store up something, right? Yeah, and if you're well, and and quite honestly, if you're being told by God to save things up, like He told. Joseph or, or right, anybody else in the Bible, it may not all be just for you. Oh, right. Your, your call may be to help somebody else later. Right, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't listen, if you don't, if you're not obedient, like you're saying, and you don't do these things, then you you will miss out on the blessing of helping those that you were right, called to right. help. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. 
And and we're going to move into a time where that's going to be more and more important. Um, if if you're listening to us and you think that the world's going to go back to the way it was just two years ago or, or five, ten years ago, those days are gone. And unfortunately, we're never going to go back to that. I don't believe that we're ever going to go back to that life. Um, we've entered a new phase of the world and, and a new life. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be making adjustments for a while. We still haven't seen the worst of what's coming at us. Yeah, we've entered the very end of the age. It feels like it for sure. Um, <laughs> Just because it's not one country, it's the whole world that's falling into this. You know, all, it's, it's so, having all these issues that, that at the same time. The Dead, Ski, the, the Dead Sea calendar timeline is is um, to be... Um, I don't, I don't want to say believed, but if to be to be you know just observed, I mean observed if we, if we, if or we use as an account uh, for things, uh, I'm missing the word. But, in the last forty some years of the world, but to mm-hmm. be somewhat trustworthy or or, yeah. or you know or uh, you know like an educated get you know trustworthiness, um, then yeah, we are we are very close, and for the world to go back to the way it was just to turn around again, it's a very short time. Well, I mean, there's, I mean, you could do. You could look at it from a multiple angles. I mean, you can look at it from the calendar standpoint, the the original Jewish calendar, and and where we're at in that timeline, and that puts us right around the forty some year mark uh, mm-hmm. from being the end of the age. And and if you just look at, we know that that we're been man's been on this planet now for almost six thousand years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So guess what? That says that the time is almost to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the things that are happening from a biblical standpoint, and and Scripture and then prophecy, all, all the things are lining up to get us towards the end of the age as well. Right. I mean, there are way, and not only that, but if you if you take Christian belief out of this, was, right, if you yeah, take it completely out of the picture, and you look how human beings are progressing towards a a violent, out of control. Party atmospheric. Well, I'm not even going to go the <laughs> far. Yeah, no, far. Just, just the just the out of control, violent. Well, um, yeah, you you can uh, you can look self driven uh-huh. nature of mankind. Yeah, and we're we're you can see that we're headed towards a precipice of destruction mm-hmm. on a level that none of us have ever even conceived of. Oh, sure, I, I can mean, see that. Nations are going to the nukes buttons are going to get pushed at some point. I mean, you it, think the elitists are going to let that happen? I don't know that they have any control of it because I, I, have... I would say that I would say that there's biblical precedence for that. You think so? As well, part as part of the end times. I, I would say the reign of fire and all that. Yeah, that's we could talk about that. But I think you have people out of control, like the Shahs in in, in Iran and in North Korea. And I mean, trust me, we know that there were tons of nukes that suitcase bombs that disappeared from the USSR when it collapsed. Mm-hmm. So they're out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so at some point somewhere, there's going to be some nukes go off. And yeah. I'm not saying a worldwide nuclear thing. but Well, even if there was a worldwide exchange between the major powers, um, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It's the end of pretty much all the major cities. But mm-hmm. you usually have, you know, like a 50 to 100 mile radius outside of cities that are habitable. Life will go on. But, what, but um, that We goes, won't wipe it out completely. It, but that kind of goes back to what I was talking about is the, the our lives are fundamentally never going to go back to right. the way it was in the 90s. The glory oh. we had in the 80s and the 90s is gone. Well, the, the thing that I was going to say to that regard is like, uh, you know, 
going back to if you take Christianity out of it, if you take the Bible out of um, the the equation in in that sense of time, right? Um, you just look at history and major civilizations, and the math, the last true empire. Um, I, I, I mean, you could you could say that the um, that the um, oh man, I'm drawing so many blanks today. Uh, when on uh, in the Middle Ages, you know, you had the Ottoman Empire, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that the last true world empire, in my opinion, was Rome. Yeah, and and that. when Rome collapsed. We went into a three hundred um, year period of dark ages. Yeah, we did. Um, we, 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 re- <laughs> we regressed in technology. We regressed in social status. People starved and died um, for a long time until like there was recovery. American the the American Empire collapses. The world will go into chaos, and there will be a dark period of time. So, like even if like. There, there. You can look at history and say, okay, like, let's say we have hundreds of years left. Well, you could have a hundred or two hundred year period of time where technology goes backwards. We have to readapt to being like humans, like we were for Agrarian. thousands of years yeah, before mm-hmm. technology Agrarian came around, mm-hmm. um, before things start getting rebuilt again, right? Right. Um, but that's not going to happen in anybody's lifetime who's alive today. Yeah, right. That's true. Mm-hmm. So. You can still look are, at it from the same point of view. It's yeah, like no, you are, we are not going back to where we were. No, yeah. the, the, the truth is that times are going to get harder. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't mean that, – that doesn't mean go be panicked and terrified and worry and scared all the time. That means get prepared for it, right? There are a mm-hmm. lot of things that we can all do to prepare for an uncertain future and for a harder future than yesterday. And, and that's that's really what the point of that conversation right. was for me. Um, we know that we have an energy issue in America. We, mm-hmm. we are uh, national oil reserves are at the lowest point they've ever been, and we're selling it off every single month. To, oh yeah, but, to China. but they're letting Biden buy it back at uh, eighty dollars per barrel. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we cut off our pipelines. We've uh, ripped up the refineries in Texas and, yep. you know, energy prices are gone through the roof. Um, there's a shortage of electricity in California and, and Colorado that they're restricting people on what they can do. They're shutting the power off. Yep. I, I, I work with people that are in California and they at 4 o'clock, they just shut the power off mm-hmm. to everybody's house. Yeah. And it'll be off for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And you just sit there and wait for the power to come back. You know where that happens? Third world countries. I was just going to say, you know where we've we've experienced that? <laughs> was Cuba. <laughs> but it, <laughs> When it ha- we were there. But it happens yeah. in America now. Cal- yeah, yeah. California is doing it every single day. Mm-hmm. That, just, that should show, uh, awaken people's eyes to see what the state of this country is right now. If the Lord opens and, their and eyes. And what the state of the world is because it's happening in Europe too. And, mm-hmm. and they're doing that in California, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and there's a couple Western states that are not far behind them because they're also having issues with electrical power and because they're trying to go green so they're them, getting well, rid of their all their you know there's some major issues with the Hoover Dam there was some lakes that it's power, natural uh, it, it's been so the hydroelectric and stuff yeah, very low yeah. I know um, yeah. we've shut off nuclear power in multiple states which across is the which country. is the worst right. thing we could have done for clean green energy <laughs> I know 
Like, you know, they tell everybody, you know, they outlaw gas engine cars in California by, what, 2030? Or they just passed that in New York State, too. And then they told people to not charge your car. Yeah, between, exactly. So now what do you do? So, yeah. hello? Horse and buggy again? This makes no sense, right? Know, right. <laughs> so we have, we have major energy issues of our own, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the war in Ukraine with the Russians, mm-hmm. right? And the energy that most of Europe gets comes from Russia, and it comes through all of its neighboring countries yep. and to those lands. And mm-hmm. they are already preparing for, in Europe, they're arresting people if they turn their heat too high. Yeah, yeah. They will I, put you in jail. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to die this year because of it being so cold and they can't, you know, heat their homes, yeah. you know. Because a lot of, of Eastern Europe is still very poor. Yeah. So how, in, in our day and age, how do you control people? Energy. And food. Food. So, and that's what they've been attacking this past, like, eight months to year and a half. I so, was going to say at least a year and a half, yeah, with all most the food the crisis. Well, it's been hidden for, for yeah. the longer period. Most Start of, coming out around COVID. Most of the world's fertilizer comes from Ukraine or Russia. Mm-hmm. And that has been cut Started off. coming after Biden took office. Yeah, it did. Not, that's not true. COVID. <laughs> yeah. The majority of the world's wheat products come wheat come out of Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. And lots of other food products. So we already have... That area is not shipping the food that it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And we already had people starving around the world. Yeah. And so now we have uh, most of Europe is going to be very hungry. Yeah. And now they're going to be very cold. Yeah. Because of that, especially too at the Nord Stream. And then we get to this point is we just had a suspicious undersea pipeline explosion that has now been proven that it was done by explosive. Mm-hmm. Not once. Did they find it which not country? Not twice. Yet? Yeah. Not three times. No. But now a fourth. Oh, really? Well, in four different sections or just one spot? So I got a question for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, when, yeah, here we when go. this oil is coming from Russia and Russia can just turn it off, why would they blow up their own pipes? See, and that's an interesting question because uh, I saw an article that said that Russian ships and submarines were spotted in the area of the explosion. Of course. So this... They are making money off of sending natural gas to Europe. That money is used to continue to fight this war that they're fighting in Ukraine. Right, that gas Why like, would they cut off their source? That's of their own. That's their cash money? cow. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did. They did um, reduce uh, the amount and uh, early on in the Ukrainian uh, the 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 one that start the major conflict that started this year with the with the invasion. I mean, the mm-hmm. war has been going on for a while. Right. Right. But. They did stop and then reduce flow for a period of time to, like, you know, leverage things or whatever um, in their favor. But it's like you said, they're making money off it. They're supplying it. And they have the ability to turn off the switch, yeah, the valve, you know. So there's no real reason for them to blow it up. Yeah. So, so which other country would do this? I think we're all thinking are it. We, are we going to talk about it? Should somebody just say it? Well, what, are we going to talk so, about what the president of a certain country said? Uh, what so was it a I year ago? Since, I mean, he said it. Since if I say it and we get kicked off of there, it's my fault. Okay. <laughs> the president of the United States promised. Which one? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to say his name. The but. current president okay, of the United go. States. <laughs> he said that, that that pipeline would be taken out. Yeah. Before it was taken out. Yep. Uh, this was a while ago, too. You no, know, not this year. It was last year. It was last year it. when he said that, 2021. Yeah. yeah. And he said, and, and, and when asked 
how he knew. Yeah. <laughs> he said, don't worry about it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so if that's the case, does that mean uh, we just declared war on Europe? I can't answer that question. And, and... No, 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 no. I don't think... I don't, we, th- no. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. My, my speculation would well, be if that were true, it would be um, the elites furthering their agenda um, against Russia. It's the whole BRICS versus well, the well, New World you'll Order never thing. see a fingerprint of ours on that. No. We, no. Would, we would never directly do it. We might hire somebody to do it, but uh-huh. we're not doing yeah. it. Yeah. But the, the truth is, is there's some risk when you put a senile guy at the podium that knows things yeah, right? that you don't want him <laughs> to talk about, and he forgets. Dude, when he wasn't senile, he said things that he shouldn't have said. Well, but how long has he been senile? <laughs> long time. I guess or, the 80s when he uh, when he called black people the N-word. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's just evil arrogance. But so I mean here we already recognize that we're having we're going to have people in America that are going to be cold. They're being told you're going to be cold. Oh yeah, even, because we're not going to let you run your heat as much as you want. They're yeah. calling for the worst winter in a decade. The Chevron CEO Mike Worth said that significantly higher natural gas prices this winter will happen. So yeah, and, too. and earlier so, in the show we said that, or was it before the show we were talking about how uh, was it six million? What is, I can't think of the number anymore. One in six. One in six. One in six Americans are behind on their utility bill. Mm-hmm. So if you know six people, or if you know five other people, one of you. Is behind on your electric bill, likely. Mm-hmm. Not me. I still have AC here in the state of Florida. <laughs> that, that one's pretty important here, right? And fortunately, but, FPL still has nuclear plant active for our primary source of this, electricity. Yeah, we we have four here in the in the states and, in the, and Florida. The, there's a lot of articles out there that are talking about this too. People are having to choose between food and electricity in America right now. Yeah. Yeah, our rates did go up a lot. Though. Oh, they have gone well, up. They have gone up substantially this year. I'm thirty percent higher than last year. That's what I am too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they don't say anything about it. They would always give me emails. Oh, we've we've decreased your no, your I, rate. Everybody, everybody. When the rate increases, they they're just like totally silent. Everybody's gone <laughs> up. Um, everything has gone up because of quote unquote inflation. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, and and the, here's the other thing that is worth a note. Um, that same article talks about how a thousand people. Thousands of people a month mm-hmm. are having their electricity shut off. It says and it's here, going to continue through the end of the year. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if it gets to be in, in South Florida, that's not going to be a big deal for us, right? We can, you can adapt. I, I mean, it, it gets as low as it gets here is like 45. So, at when, night, once when, or twice. When I went to college in Hawaii, um, our dorms did not have AC. And it wasn't like as devastatingly hot there as it gets in Florida. But it took me a good, like, month and a half to adjust <laughs> to be able to sleep. So the, he's had... talking about AC still. Yeah, it's yeah. October. Yeah, right. right? right. <laughs> the rest of the country's going, AC, are you crazy? Yeah, we're freezing here. We, we, have, <laughs> we, we use AC until about uh, the last week in November. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, but no, in all seriousness, though, there are people that this week in the United States are going to be cold because they don't have power. What right. is it? So that one in six that you're talking about, that's over 20 million U.S. households right. you're talking yep. about. Yeah. That's a ton of people, man. Yeah. And so it's it, everybody's going to know somebody that's in this position. Yeah. And and so 
And you better hope that those people didn't vote liberal and that too and then too late they find out oh man i shouldn't have done that mm-hmm. well okay so that's a political discussion but i was just throwing that I out get there that. <laughs> but now now what people don't understand is this the nord stream issue is going to make it much much worse in europe as well it will there's people i saw it on the news people already out on the streets you know well, complaining about this, like you know, our price is already high. You but guys before shut it down. this happened, mm-hmm. they were planning on making people be cold because there's not enough energy, yeah. not enough gas. I know. And now there's significantly less gas. Yeah. So what's the plan B for that? I mean, it's. I mean, if Plan A was ugly, mm-hmm. what's Plan B now? Because that that just raised the ugliness level to something that people didn't even have a foresight for. Oh, I know. Right. And so what does this do? <laughs> well. And the world has turned to the United States for years to help them and rescue them when they need it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when they need energy, when they need oil, when they need natural gas, when they need food, when they need anything, Mm -hmm. soldiers, we sent things and helped them. Mm -hmm. We are having the same problem at the same time as they are. Yeah, Yeah, because they haven't prepared. They've been destroying our reserves and destroying our infrastructure. Well, just, prefer, you know, what is it, forbidding us to That's, tap into the, that, our, I'm sorry, what, but that, what we're sitting is, on. That is, not, that is not a <laughs> passive engagement. That is an active act of destruction. It is. It is. When you have a solution mm-hmm. in front of you yep. and you choose not to do anything, yep. that is an active choice of being anti American mm-hmm. and against the people of this country. Yep. So when that we have the world is exchanges goods and services and energy in the petrodollar, which is right. a agreed upon dollar that is based on the United States currency. Mm-hmm. The major reason that that is way the energy is traded around the world is because we have been that source of protection. Mm-hmm. We have been that place that people would turn to in times of need, and we were there to be that person. That was sort of the unwritten agreement, right? Mm-hmm. That we'll do everything in U.S. petrodollar, but when you're needed, you're there and you do you give what you need to give, right? Yeah, right. What happens when we can't do that? Offload the dollar, like other <laughs> countries are doing, like China. So do we have sim- signs that that's happening? What would China say this week to their banks? China informs state banks to prepare for massive dollar dump. Mm. Well, China is going through the ringer. China, China is on the verge of collapse, and if they make enough bad moves, they will collapse. The The CCP okay. will collapse. Um, their economy will completely collapse. Then uh, they will go into chaos. Was it, is, it, is it in China where people are robbing the bank to get their own money out of the bank because they won't – they can't get their money out of the bank? Isn't that – Well, it's not it, – there's other places this is happening. Is there other places this is happening too? China, like this to... is happening in China because their real estate um, thing was a Ponzi scheme. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so they, they had this whole uh, – they had the one of the biggest real estate bubbles in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And you've got all these what are called ghost cities where they've built all these buildings that people have pre purchased apartments for Mm -hmm. um, that they have never finished, that no one will ever move to, um, and they keep trying to sell more apartments to keep building. Okay. Uh, It's a Ponzi scheme, and it is is basically 
it, it's on its way down. It's it's in the process of collapse, and that's bringing China's economy way down. Yeah. And their zero COVID policy has destroyed their manufacturing base. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which is where a majority of our supply chain issues are coming from. It is. This is the the one article I, I was talking about. It's in Lebanon, where armed customers rob banks to get their own money out. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Lebanon. Lebanon. Yeah. And then there was a woman in Sweden that did the same thing. I think it was Sweden. <laughs> Sweden. That's crazy. It was either Sweden or Switzerland, but I think it was one of those. Okay. Well, so, you know, so China is looking at dumping the dollar. What do we see recently with the Vatican? Aren't they... Oh yeah, they uh, so they called all their assets back. Yep. Yeah, they, um, they were withdrawing by the from end all of, the banks by the end of the year. Uh, by by yesterday yeah, was no, the deadline. Yesterday, yesterday oh was the no deadline. way! So it's yeah. done. It was like uh, it was a was it four point five billion dollars in uh, lick and movable assets. Movable mm-hmm. assets to um, to the Vatican. Yeah, everything had to be moved um, to the Vatican Bank. So if you were a skilled armed robber. You would be setting up your station by the gates. Good, uh, <laughs> no, good no, luck infiltrating the, the Vatican <laughs> Bank. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, and here comes the trucks. Uh, <laughs> you, you would be dead and no one would ever hear about it. Fort Knox and, and there, Fort Knox. There are yeah, so, yeah. sovereign nations, so yeah. you would be co- committing international <laughs> violations. Yeah, right. <laughs> so when we see a withdrawal like that mm-hmm. and we see economies starting to pull back on investments in, in the United States. Um, we see things happening. We've watched our stock market in the last couple of months, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're below 20 or we're below 29,000. I know we're in the 20th. lost 500 points or something like that again. But it's not, it's not yesterday. just your, your typical stocks, though. No, it's, no. it's commodities, yeah. gold, silver. Everything's yeah. going down. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the bond market took a huge hit starting yep. yesterday too. And the Federal Reserve is um, calling in um, – are they're reducing their, their balance sheet. And so they're calling in all these things um, and, and it is an, at, an attempt to actually like combat – you know, keep the economy alive. But these are all very bad signs when it's all happening all at once. Right. And who's the number one holder of U.S. bonds? Actually, I don't know. China. 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 Oh, okay. yeah, China. Okay. And China mm-hmm. wants to what? Dump its Dump. U.S. assets. Yeah, that's right. And guess mm. who's going to buy them up? The, the federal government. The richest of the rich. Oh, yeah. No, the they're pe- not buying them. You're telling me people like Bill Gates are not going to buy up, like, assets that are pennies on the dollar? <laughs> no. Because he's been buying up farmland in the United States but for... farmland is a tangible resource that has yeah, but, intrinsic long-term value. Yeah, but mm-hmm. China owns a lot of land in America. They're not selling land. They're getting you said rid of ass- bonds. You said assets. Bonds. Liquid. They're getting rid of bonds. Oh, okay. They're yeah, getting okay. rid of bonds and U.S. currency. Oh, yeah. No, okay. No, I get it. So if you... If you they, said assets. I sorry, was thinking general. I'm just talking about financial asset, not hard current, not hard assets. Okay. No, they're dumping bonds. They're dumping currency. Right. Wow. Well, China has wanted the so the, the long term impact of, of countries dumping our bonds and our currency. Well, it'll it'll collapse us. China has been um, engaged in in a financial war. They've been wanting the UN to um, replace the dollar. 
uh, is the yeah. is the world trading currency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that to me would be no surprise. Like if they're faltering in their economy and they're on the verge of utter and, and collapse. And OPEC has a replacement for the know. petrodollar already. Well, Saudi Arabia is part of BRICS. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. the UN would be the replacement, but. China is in the it'd position the, it's in, a, where yeah. it's China is so weak right now that it wouldn't be able to replace it. So you it, you see a financial war going on between the people who want the U.S. dollar so to be at the top for the and China. Person? Yeah, good question. Oh, the, it's the average person that suffers. Mm-hmm. So the average person out there right now. And I, they have no idea what's going on. Well, yeah, and so, again, this is part of that being prepared for, you know— uh, the thing that Christians have to remember is, though we're not supposed to be of the world, we have to be in the world. Yeah. And being in the world means you have to understand what's going on. Right. You have to keep your ear to the ground and understand mm-hmm. that what's actually happening so you can know how to react. Understand as best as you can how things work so that you can know how to actually work within that, that system. Yeah, exactly. But what most people don't realize is that um, nothing's stopping anybody from learning the skills necessary to survive in a um, pre-industrial world. Yeah. You know, which Mm -hmm. is all that's been necessary for human survival for thousands of years. Since the beginning of time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, since the beginning of humans. Okay. And every every economist out there right now is talking about major layoffs between now and the end of the year. Mm -hmm. We're already seeing them happen. Uh, All the major corporations. Major corporations are laying people off left and right. Amazon, Facebook. Mm -hmm. Goldman Sachs is laying off. I mean, we're talking major financial well, the, institutions. the banks are in extreme trouble, again, worse yeah. than they were in 2008. Yeah, because the problem right. was never fixed and in the, the first and place. this time, the Fed won't be able to bail them out. No. Nope. But, and, so that's a good point. 2008 was a little tough on a lot of us, right? I got laid off in 2008. Um, luck, luckily yeah, enough, so I was I. able to land on my feet and find another job right away. Yeah. Not everybody has that, that uh, as a potential for them. So I, I was very lucky and, and blessed to be able to, to have that happen for me. That being said, in th- 2008, we didn't have record inflation. No, we didn't. We didn't have an energy crisis. Well, technically, they had been hiding the inflation, but... Well, interest rates were still <laughs> a lot higher, too, we back in have, We didn't have a food crisis. No, we, we were in a much better position. Um, it was the housing market the housing, uh, yeah. bubble and the subprime... Um, scandal that really triggered everything. Well, and the there, banks and the well, auto manufacturers. There, there was a lot of things going on, but that's what triggered mm-hmm. the, sure. the... But I'm just saying, compared to 2008, this is going to be ugly. Well, and the, Way worse than that. And yeah. this looks... Because we have energy issue, we have food issue, we have an uh, uh, inflation issue, we have war right on the horizon, it seems like, every single day now. Yep. Um, and we still we, haven't with fixed Russia our, or China. And we still haven't but, fixed our spending problem. But and, and, the, this, to me, it looks like it appears to me is this is intentional. Two thousand eight might have been something that got out of hand, and they needed to fix something really quick. Mm-hmm. This, this looks intentional. People. No, I know. I'm just saying that this looks intentional. I, I hear what you're saying, but the, 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 to me, the important thing is is we people have to recognize where we're at in this nation right now with all of these elements uh-huh. and how's that going to impact you? Uh-huh. What do you need to do today uh-huh. that will help in January that you'll still be alive Yeah, and your family will still be eating yeah. and you won't be 
in a camp somewhere because that's likely coming because the only way that the government's going to be able to take people and help them is to round them up and put them. When I say round them up, you'll voluntarily go because mm-hmm. that's where the food is at. Mm-hmm. Well, th- this is why I keep bringing, bringing the point, you know, that I, I direct, you know, just reminding people, you know, that it's part of what you're saying sure. when, when it comes to it's, it's not an accident mm-hmm. is that's because if you, but if you don't wake up and you think that it, that the government's going to help you afterwards, like you need to, <laughs> they, you need to wake, you, here. you need to wake up. Yeah, well, so the, that you don't make the mistake of just following, continuing to follow as a herd of cattle. But even if they didn't plan it, they had every opportunity to help avoid it. That's the truth. Which, which to me is it's it, it's the same amount of guilt. Okay, but ineptitude versus. But all I'm saying, the, the, all I'm versus, saying is this: this is to the point that you're trying to make is that this is part of understanding what's going on and what you need to do. And what you can do so that you don't make the mistake when it's already happened. It's I'm, already hit the fan. And I totally agree. And I and I think that you, your point, overall point, is okay. I'll I'll, I'll I'll calm down now. <laughs> I think your overall point is don't rely on the people that help get you there to save you. Right. Okay. Because that's that's honesty, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if they did it on purpose, you don't. Want to help, they're not going to save you. Mm-hmm. And if they did it because they're, you know, inept. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be very good at saving you then either. Right. So don't put your reliance in somebody that should have kept this from happening. Yeah. And and um, so at that point, it's really on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, f- there is going to be a food problem in America. Yeah. If there are turkeys in the store mm-hmm. there next are, month. There are right now. Next month for Thanksgiving. Most people will not be able to afford them. Probably not. Yeah, not. No. They're, they're like, uh, I saw in Publix the other day yeah. on the ad, it was like 250 a pound. Um, and wow. then for like the regular one, and then like 450 a pound for the uh, premium one. And just so you know, three years ago mm-hmm. when I bought a turkey in Texas, it was 49 cents a pound. I remember that as well. Yeah. So well, is they, this where we bring in our sponsor yeah. at patriotsupply.com <laughs> and uh, talk about Patriot storing Supply, up? Patriot Supply, not a sponsor. They're not a sponsor. <laughs> well, maybe they should but be. But they do have some good stuff. We, we are open if you want to email. Yeah, us. They, they do have some good stuff. Go check them out. Yeah. Um, but. That's a that's a good point. Two fifty a pound, mm-hmm. right? Um, right. Ten pound bird, twenty five thirty bucks. Yeah. Wow, dude! I remember we getting turkeys for like fourteen bucks. <laughs> Seven. Yeah. But now this this is prices here in Florida. These prices could be drastically different at different parts of the country. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we, I'm sure in California it's $150 I, for a turkey. I, I and it's probably think, it's a little cheaper in Idaho. I, I, I suspect <laughs> that even through this, um, and I hate to use this term because of the the connotation it has with people who um, are are true Q believers, but the storm that's coming, um, and it's not the storm that they would talk about, but the storm that's coming. I think that in Florida we will. We will be blessed and fortunate enough to weather it a little bit better mm-hmm. because of the preparation that our leadership has taken. Um, and so while we will go through very hard times, just like most, you know, the, most of the rest of the world, mm-hmm. some places in this country are going to be far, far worse off than we will be. 
And we need to we need to be grateful for that, and Amen. we need to be we need to make sure that we don't rub that in people's right um, faces when it does come. But we'll, we'll be going through it just um, just like everybody else. It just may not be as hurtful, yeah, or as painful, right? I mean, you could see that back in two thousand eight, Florida was a little buffered even with that crash than other states that I was in, you know. So it, it was it definitely felt, it didn't get impacted as much, right? This, the the cities are going to be the hardest hit places mm-hmm. in the in all of the world mm-hmm. um, because the, they're the places they're going to run out of food the mo- the quickest. They're the places that can't like grow food in their backyard. No. Um, and there's so many people in such densely populated area. Um, that's going to be the hardest thing. Well, yeah. and that's happening in even places I don't think we would call major cities. Like you know my my dad lives in Texas and his town is about a hundred. Or plus thousand people, right? Mm-hmm. And him, him and I were talking this weekend. He said, maybe not just in this town, but in the surrounding communities also. Every single week, there's shootings mm-hmm. and stabbings, and they've never experienced that before. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a part of the country that is there's a church every fifty feet, oh, yeah. right? Right. You know, it's a hundred thousand people, and then they got twenty thousand churches. I mean, not exactly right, but mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. right? But they have violence like they've never experienced before. They have murder every single week in that part of the state mm-hmm. that they've never experienced before. Some of that has to do with, we have to say it, the fact that we've had record number, two million people cross the border mm-hmm. in the last year. Yeah. How many of them were violent criminals? How many of them were um you know, ISIS terrorist or or something like well, that just in disguise. In the past week, they Gangs. stopped thirteen people on the terrorist watch list. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 crazy, mm-hmm. and and we're being told by the left that you know, oh, you need to adjust to uh, this this migrant policy, this open border policy. Camille Harris is telling us that uh, our red states they need to they need to adjust and they need to take in these people and like stop stop yeah, sending right. them. No, she said stop <laughs> sending them to sanctuary cities. <laughs> what? What? She said the the red states have to absorb these. Why? Why? And then Pelosi said the same thing. And Pelosi said Florida needs to take these people in because they need to pick our crops. Oh, oh, yes, I saw that it was quite the racist statement. Right? Oh my word! They they need the farm hands. She like, is... did she forget she's not in 1942 anymore? Right. <laughs> but they are. They just believe they can say whatever they want. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Pelosi suggests illegal immigrants shouldn't be sent up north. Florida needs them to pick crops. Yeah. Mm, okay. You can't make this stuff you up. You can't, I dude. Mean, quite honestly, you're looking at it going, you do understand there's an election in four If weeks, she's right? still uh-huh. leadership in, in the fall after November, then... She's having a lot of signs of dementia as well as <sighs> Biden, if you guys haven't noticed. Then, then, God, then God probably doesn't have much of a plan for this country. <laughs> well, Other than destruction. So, you around know, the world... Mm-hmm. Many people or have experienced starvation and, and near starvation hunger times, right? And all the signs are pointing that it's our turn too. Yeah. Yep. You know what we saw today? We went to a restaurant, Sydney and I, and they had they had you know televisions. Roger. They had televisions, you know, and uh, what they were showing was a commercial of two gay guys. And it showed another set of gay guys and another set of gay guys. And, and every time it showed a different set of, gay, of guys, it would, they were doing more and more things. 
And at the at last end of it, they were kissing. Sydney's like, I can't believe I just saw this on regular television. You know, I I don't want to I don't want to totally shift topic of current events and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But I was um, I was watching somebody who was talking about um, you know speculation of what the who the Antichrist might look like, um, and they went through a whole bunch of different things. And his conclusion in the end was that the Antichrist would be gay because the gay agenda is the pride agenda mm-hmm. and the and pride is um is the original sin interesting so that when i heard that i was like you know the world is ramping up to accept this more and more and more and mm-hmm. yes it's going crazy with trans and stuff like that mm-hmm. almost distracting us almost making it feel okay and acceptable for someone to just be gay as long as they're not trans or as long as they're not grooming children, you know, if they're just mm-hmm. state of themselves, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I heard that and I was like, that's interesting. And that and that seems like that would be the level of depravity okay. that, yeah. that the Antichrist or that Satan would, would gravitate to or use to manipulate the That's an know, interesting concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I I mean, it, it's, a, not, it's a speculation. It's a speculation, sure but it would be interesting that, if that occurred. It, it yeah. evidently doesn't have that big a impact on the importance of the events because it, it was never mentioned. No. But, um, but it is an interesting thing to think about, the alignment. Symbolism. And, and the symbolism, you're mm-hmm. right. Um, and, and it may not, and it may not be, but. I mean, there's even more symbolism out there right now. I mean, they're pushing bugs as food. Yeah, I mean, right. Quite honestly, if you're buying processed foods in their store and you're not reading the packages, you need to start. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because there are a lot of products that you have bought before that now contain what they call um, oh. locust flour. Mm-hmm. And it is ground up, ground up bugs. Lo- yeah, ground up bugs. Uh, they're, they're, they're calling for, for crickets, they're calling it something really clever. Yeah, and, and while you look that up, uh, they also are putting human. Um, meat in foods. Oh, human meat? Yeah, it's lab no. grown. It's lab grown. Oh, it's lab grown meat? Yeah, they're, they're so growing fetuses yeah. in labs, right? Right. And then they're harvesting it for food. Cannibals. Well, so my thing is, is we're <laughs> having a food crisis, and it's only going to continue to spiral over the years. Doesn't this, isn't this interesting that there's a movie that came out about this called Soylent Green? And, uh, <laughs> it was. It, it was futuristic in 2022. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and here we are, yes, ladies and gentlemen. The people. <laughs> <laughs> Soylent so, Green is So people. the scientific name for crickets is Grillotus sigillatus. Uh, probably butchered that Latin, but um, I've uh, I've seen it reported that some of the foods that are using um, like uh, cricket powder or, or cricket meal is like a base for you know mm-hmm. or to go into their foods is being called like grillum or grilled uh, like grillum or grillus or okay. something like that. Um, so if you can look for like terms like that where well, they, it, they might they might trademark a name or use something that you would never recognize. And it's in potato chips. It's in processed foods. They, in your freezer section, they're using it as flour mm. for 
No wonder things putting don't taste meat. the same. <laughs> putting on meat. <laughs> no, I mean, like, if I know, like, right? if you, if you, let's say a, a breaded chicken breast, right? <laughs> right. It's now got crickets in it. How do you, oh, a breaded chicken breast. So they're okay. all doing a convert, you know, do, you know, we're going to sprinkle a little bit of this so, uh, cricket powder over so the meat. for just a second, think about why you would need to do that. There is no reason for no, this. You prep, yes, you, there is. No, oh, you, I mean, you no, know, no, no, there's no, no. no wheat. You, you, you prep, oh, you prep the okay, human palate for it, Okay, I didn't think about the no though. wheat aspect at all. Russia yeah. wheat, Ukrainian wheat, gone from the market, mostly. But 15% of what there oh, was Oh, my before. wheat comes from Illinois. There's no wheat in those fields either. No, no, no uh, Ukraine pretty much supplied most of Europe and Africa. Yes, but they also provided us our urea for a fertilizer for our fields. Oh, I know that. There's no fertilizer. Yeah. Guess what? Your wheat crop in America, yeah, a percentage of what it was before. Ooh, yeah, that's true. So then we're trying to slowly. Uh, it's like the boiling frog, right? Kind of They're like, finding an alternate, right? Yeah, the alternate. Yeah, right. Are they just trying to slowly implement it into the economy, and then people just won't even? None eventually of that notice. matters, right? The mm-hmm. outcome is the same. You don't have enough wheat, you eat bugs. Yeah, and they just force you to eat bugs because they want you to. Either way, you're eating bugs. Well, so when when they do it by slowly integrating it into the existing um, processed food supply, which is what the majority of um, developed worlds eat now, um, then they are prepping you not only not only your body to be able to um, make make the adjustment right but psychologically mm-hmm. you may not know it's happening but then when you find out it's been happening you're like oh well that didn't really taste that bad and then when it becomes like oh we'll make this gourmet and then oh it's the only option you know you've already made the choice you've, you've already, already psychologically yep. made those choices and when you go out to eat yep. at a restaurant mm-hmm. you have no clue what they're doing no you now, don't. Now, <laughs> now we 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 go out to eat in america in a restaurant with a whole lot of faith Yes, we do. People, I love it when people say, I don't believe anything. I don't have faith. Well, I don't eat fast food places uh, like, I think, what, Chick-fil-A, maybe. uh, Yeah, I don't eat most fast food. Maybe Panera every once in a while. But, like, Panera is probably one of the ones that will be, we'll go bug forward, you know. But (laughs) probably (laughs) would. But if you think about it, you go to a nice restaurant with your wife for dinner, Mm -hmm. right? Or you go out to a restaurant with some friends, and you're trusting, you're having tons of faith. One. That, that, that guy in the back that went to the bathroom and washed his hands. Mm-hmm. That's the first one, right? right? <laughs> that, that the, it's clean back there, that there's not mice or, or rodents or bugs crawling around on the food and the surfaces. That everything's prepared cleanly. Mm-hmm. It's fresh. It's not going to be poisoned. You know, you're not going to get sick from it. We do tons of things out of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we're privileged to, here in America, to actually have an, a, a reasonable assumption that that faith is valid. You go to a place like Haiti and you get fed food. Like, I went to Haiti on a missions trip and <laughs> I ate something, I tasted it, and I was like, I probably shouldn't keep eating this, but I don't want to insult them. Mm-hmm. And I was sick for two days. Mm. Yeah, and, and I've lived in other countries. You know, I lived in Mexico for a while, and, you know, I've been to the Middle East and lived there for a while. And, you know, there's a big difference when you go to some of these countries and you're like, okay, so how do I know what's going into my dinner? 
And then mm-hmm. you see an old lady come out with a butcher knife and a chicken. And mm. like, I know what's going on in my dinner. Yeah. I can see it right there. Right, I like it's, this. It didn't come out of a freezer section, you know? It's not uh, Tyson chicken. We're good. <laughs> it's like, okay. I know what the ingredients are. That's it. Yep. But in America, we really don't know what no. they're putting in our... Matter of fact, so a much lot of the food, food that we've ate over the years is illegal to eat in other countries. You can't sell it there. Yeah, it's true. And... and I mean, we talk about simple things like Coca-Cola. Do you understand Coca-Cola is a degreaser, a cleaner? It cleans concrete and stains. And I mean, we put that in our bodies. Yeah, Coca-Cola and a glass of ice is delicious. <laughs> but you understand that it's a chemical <laughs> substance that cuts grease, cleans concrete. I'm aware. And technically, all food is chemicals. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is called uh, denial. That that is ignorance at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Good uh, direction here. <laughs> but, but it's a no, good example. Coke of how, is bad for you. But it's a good example it, it, of how even we Even if you think, take though. out the you know the uh, engine degreaser stuff, like the high fructose corn syrup, you know, soda, mm-hmm. Coke is bad for you. You know, uh, all that sugar, it's it's not but good you, for but you. But you, I know you're being funny, but that is. Part of the the uh, the denial in America. Oh, it is because oh, yeah. we look at those things. Oh, it's not really that bad for you. No, it is really poison. Yeah, no, and it's and, a long term poison. It, exactly, it's so long term that people don't actually connect the effect, the dots of the effects in their head. Right, it's over though, time. I mean, have you looked at our cancer rates? Yeah, but people people psychologically disconnect no, you're that, right. and it's cognitive dissonance. That it's, doesn't it's allow like pe- us to do that. It's like right. people who smoked, you know, in the fifties. You know, no, you know, they knew it gave them cancer. They just that it wasn't that thing. We had to stigmatize it in our culture a over is, a period of yeah. like forty years before people actually like said, okay, like, this has clearly got to connect. And then they got clever and started giving vape, vaping pens, mm-hmm. you know, and that's actually worse for you. Yeah. You're, you know. From, from and, aldehyde, you know you're, I mean? like, preparing like, your body for death. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, too, because it's like, uh, you tell these people this, you know, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Oh, I don't care. I enjoy it. You know, whatever. You because know? it doesn't kill them tomorrow. It doesn't kill them tomorrow. So they don't care. No. <laughs> Each drag of a cigarette or each bite of a poison food or each drink out of a uh, a Coca-Cola mm-hmm. doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. If pain were associated with the habit and each time you partook, oh, they'd never you'd touch stop. It. Mm-hmm. No, it, that that is effective. Mm-hmm. When, when you um, when you have developed that habit over a long period of time, it takes a long period of pain mm-hmm. to actually get you to where the pain is more, worth more than what the, the reward is. Mm-hmm. Um, when it happens immediately from the very get-go, you turn it away. You're like, no, that's, you know. Yeah. It's like someone, you know, someone takes their first sip of beer. They're like, oh, that's disgusting, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes an acquired taste, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the same concept, right? Your body tells you what's what's not good for you. Like when you f- take your first drag of a cigarette, it tastes awful. Yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. But you've got peer pressure and then you get like that rush of dopamine, yeah. you know. Um, That's why you should eat sugar, because my first... That's why you should eat sugar? Is that what you said? My my, my first spoon of sugar was amazingly good. (laughs) I mean, you got people like Mary Poppins telling you that it helps the medicine go down. It does. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Right. And so, I mean, even... I mean, they have drugs that, that have helped people get over things like alcoholism. 
because when you take the drug and you drink alcohol, there's a painful experience associated with it, right? Mm -hmm. Right. GHB, gamma hydroxybutyrate, was created just so you could, if you're on GHB and you drink alcohol, you're Mm -hmm. violently sick. Oh, yeah. One drink. Really? Makes you sick. Wow. Well, there you go. So that's how you cure alcoholism, Uh right? Well, I can't do that. So if that was associated with all these other things, we wouldn't be doing any of this stuff, right? right? We'd be out... You know, picking the food in our backyard because it's in our own garden. We know exactly what we put on it and where it come from. Right, right. And we would be raising chickens and having our own eggs and chickens and mm-hmm. whatever else we need to do. Because you can raise chickens in your backyard, right? The, Depends we, on where you live. Well, we wouldn't have those <laughs> silly things in those uh, communities, right? Well, yeah. You wouldn't have a homeowners association saying you can't have chickens. Can't have chickens. Because you got to eat. Yeah. Because they would vote in the, the laws saying you can't have chickens. <laughs> well, they would, but, you know, mm-hmm. in America, there was a time when the president of the United States told people to go out and buy chickens. There you go. They said every family should have a chicken in the, two chickens in their backyard. Every family should have a garden. And you know why homeowners associations decided to implement rules where you couldn't have it? Because when you have chickens in your in your yard, it brings down the housing prices of the houses around you because it brings down your housing price. Why does it bring it down? That's the perception. And for and I'm sure no, I, I'm sure I'm sure there was some statistical things about that. Like I want to be able to resell my house so you can't have your chickens, right? Because it's it a became, class warfare. It be, because it became about money. Instead yes, of people. The class warfare yep. says, I want my property to be worth millions of dollars. In order to do that, then I have to live in an artificial society. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because if you look at these places that have those things, none of those, ha- the environment is, they go in and wipe it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They take all the natural environment out, mm-hmm. build these communities up, and then put artificial trees. Or, you know, you know, trying, trees that aren't native. They're trying that to recreate native. their own idea of Eden. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. But. <laughs> all of this really is going back to the same central point, right? People need to start thinking about getting prepared because mm-hmm. all of these things are just signs that we're pointing in a certain direction. And we already know, we see the economy starting to falter. We see banks starting to falter. We see companies starting to lay people off. We know people are having issues paying their bills, choosing between food and energy to heat their home. We know that people are financially in dire straits because if, if you think you have a 401k, <laughs> I got really bad news for you. After the last couple of months, not so much. No, I'm right. <laughs> Your retirement accounts are pretty bad shape. Mm-hmm. So if you are counting on that stuff for the future, you have to have another plan. Yep. And that plan should be, how do I take care of my future without relying on somebody else to feed me, right? Mm-hmm. Because when it comes down to it, nobody's going to feed you. Yeah. It's on you. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that, you know, go buy seeds, grow your own garden. In any space, you can have plants, right? You can ha- raise tomato plants and lettuce and stuff in an apartment on a balcony. There's no excuse for not having own food sources. Right. And don't and don't develop the mentality that it's, that it's all me and no one else, um, no. Because if you if you develop this this persona or this idea that like you take care of yourself, but you're not willing to help anybody else, that's that's guess what happens when that's they get poor. hungry and they didn't prepare, <laughs> right? But but God's God's viewpoint is not about um, being selfish and selfish, no. right? 
um, when he, he wants to bless us, right? And he can bless us in the midst of these things. And if you're willing and you have a heart of generosity, you say, okay, I can do this mm-hmm. to, to help my family and help and keep and survive here. But I can also provide for some people around me and, and, and be Christ to people around me. God's going to then use that, look at that and be like, oh, wow, look at what he's doing. I can, I can bless more people through him. Mm-hmm. And so blessing will flow through you even more, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you're growing crops, maybe like your crops will grow twice as big or you'll get twice as much or, you know, your animals will reproduce more. You well, know maybe, what I mean? If like, you live in an apartment complex, maybe you guys can uh, talk to your a building manager and they'll let you put a rooftop garden on that you yep. can all share. Mm-hmm. Think think about doing things as a community right. rather than an individual. Like, and that's exactly what you're saying. Going back to to local community first versus uh-huh. nationwide federal first. Get, get a skill or, or something that you can use for trade. When an economy collapses, when a dollar goes away, uh-huh. you know, like Venezuela or, or Ecuador or some of these other countries that were, they were printing billion dollar bills. Uh-huh. From a loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, you know, you would have to take a wheelbarrow full of cash to get a loaf of bread. Uh-huh. Then you have to come up with other means, right? Have uh-huh. something to trade. Yeah. Um, a, a barter economy never goes away. No, no. And if you have something worthwhile to trade to others for same things you need to sustain life, then then that's that's good preparation, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Trade um, trade is a matter of value, not um, and and cost to value, mm-hmm. and the reason why things in like Venezuela with the money costing so much for something was because the money had no value, but. You have a skill yep. that can provide tremendous value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there and there are tons of opportunities to um, raise your own food. You know, right? I mean, if you have a, a house and you can have chickens, then I think you should have a couple of chickens right now. It makes no sense not to to have your own eggs if you yeah. can do it. Oh, I know. Um, if you're allowed to, that's that's the thing that I think you should be doing. Um, Do you have some over at your place? Well, we have things that we can take care of okay. ourselves with nice. always. But uh, <laughs> we're forbidden n- over never at talk, our. Never talk about those things on air. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't uh, talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's just good. One thing, and that is a good point. I, I mean, you brought that up, and we kind of joked about it, but don't go around bragging about what you have. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. It's one thing to be able to help a neighbor or help. Somebody I'm going to brag about what I don't have. I don't. I can't do chickens because of my POA that I live in. So, so. don't come to my house. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. But, for but for some time. people, they might assume that's reverse psychology, <laughs> right? But it is a good idea to be very wise about the things that you say and do. Right. Because if you go buy a bunch of rice or you go buy a bunch of beans and you put mm-hmm. them in, you know, behind your couch and you're ready to live for a month or two mm-hmm. on on rice and beans or, you know, canned vegetables and you don't need to worry about standing in a bread line, which, by the way, I would never advise. Even if you have food, go stand in the bread line so everybody thinks you need it. <laughs> Because quite honestly, you don't want to become a target either. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. And we don't. That's why you don't go advertise what you have because mm-hmm. you don't want to be a target for people that are just basically violent people that are going to take advantage of others. Yeah. And if you have the means and have have been properly trained, then bring the means to defend yourself and defend others. Well, so and, that if people do come and try to take advantage in it and bring violence to a situation, you can possibly help defuse that. And remember, 
Christ told us to not let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Right. And a good example of that is if you are in a situation where your neighbors need food mm-hmm. and you cook some food for yourselves and you take some to them, then don't let people see you and don't let them know you're doing it. Just leave it on the porch. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. and knock on the door, die, you know, dash, run away, right? Mm-hmm. They don't need to know that you're doing that for them. Yeah. And you don't, you don't need them to know that it was you either. No. But your father in heaven sees what you do and your reward is in heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the best way to take care of people is if you know they're in need and you're taking care of the need and you're not looking for any credit, you're not, you're not looking for anybody to see what you're doing, that is the absolute best way to do things. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're curious... What the Bible says about harsh times and, and what we're, you know, I kind of have coined that the starving time is coming. Then I suggest you go read Second Kings 6, 25 through 30, because it'll tell you what happened back then and what we can expect to see in the future. And it's currently happening in some countries today. And I, I promise you, it's it's terrifying if you go to read that, those passages. What is that, Second Kings uh, 25? Second Kings uh, King 6, 25 through 30. Okay. And, and, it, and the Cliff Notes version is everything becomes so expensive that people are willing to eat their children. Yep. That was a very, very terrible time in Israel. Yeah. And that's happening now in some countries. And, and it has throughout history happened many times. And it can and very could likely happen here. Uh-huh. Well, um, you know, the revelation says that there will come a point where, you know, a day's wages for a loaf of bread. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, and here's the other thing too, is we may, that may be the case worldwide and there may be places where they don't experience that. Now, I'm not talking about the super rich. I'm just talking about the wealthier nations historically. Like, what cost us to, you know, what seems expensive to us now in, in a third world country in China or Indonesia or mm-hmm. Africa would be an astronomical price, like, you know, yeah. that they, they couldn't even conceive of being able to make, like, in a year. Mm-hmm. For right. us to just be able to have a hamburger at a at a local, you know, um, diner or something like that. You know yeah. I mean, like, so perspective is key. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. To exactly the point you just made, over half the world lives on $5.50 a day. So what's America? Well... Because you said half the world. No, no, no. He's talking about half the world's population. Oh, half Half the world's population population is $5. $5.50 a day. Okay. There are countries that people live on 22 cents a day. And and you you have to realize that we are literally 5% of the world's population, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But we consume, what's our (laughs) consumption? 10% of the world lives on $2 a day. Wow, dude. That's amazing. for, For those listening and for us in the room, how much do you make an hour? Right. Yeah. I guarantee you in this room it's all more than five fifty an hour. Yeah. Our cost of living is higher here, you know, in retrospect, but but at the same time it's the percentage, like the ratio is so offset. You know, we, we make more, things cost more, but 
we have far more abundance um, compared to those people. I saw a thing that said that 40% of the world gets meat once a week. 40%. In America, wow. most 99% of us eat meat three meals a day. So we have been in a bubble in this nation for pretty much since our, you know, the beginning of this country for 240 years or so. We've been in this bubble that isn't like the rest of the world. And that bubble is bursting. And there are signs of it bursting all around us. Um, and, and it's not just a an economic bubble. It's not just a food issue bubble. It's It's morality. It's, you know... It's spiritual. I mean, everything is collapsing around us at the same time. So we have to get ourselves prepared. We have to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Right? Our pastor says that all the time. Yep. And yep. so we have to be shrewd and understand what's going on and prepare ourselves or we will fall victim to what is coming. The day will be the one that victimizes us. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily another person or a government. The day. And the only reason that we would fall victim to a day is we didn't prepare. Yeah. So I think that was the message that I wanted to get across today. Does anybody have anything else before we call it a day? Good. I'm good. Good ending. All right. Well, this has been a Veritas Resurgence broadcast. And today on A Voice Coming in the Wilderness, we've been talking about current events and preparation for the time ahead. If you would, please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to visit our new website of vrbroadcast.org, where you can find more teaching and ask questions of the show and our guests. Also find us on Facebook at A Voice Calling in the Wilderness. And I'd like to thank Grant and Brian for talking with me today. And, and we just hope that you heard this today and that you take heed to the message. Do us a favor, if you would. Recommend this podcast uh, to your friends and family. And again, thank you for listening. Have a blessed day. Mm-hmm.